When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I remember about a year ago doing a podcast talking about why culture is so important, citing the Mariners and them publicly announcing that they were cheaping out in some areas as as a reason why that culture is so important. And here we are a year later and the Pirates are very close to hitting some of the same mistakes that those Mariners made. Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later. Here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network, my name is Alex Stumpf. I want to talk about culture for a little bit because it's something that has been brought up so, so often since October and November of 2019 about how that was the most important thing for this new regime is building that player-centric, player-centered culture. And I am not going to deny it. If, you're, if we're talking about like legitimate things that needed to be addressed, culture is a big one. Culture was a big one. It was one that really fell apart under Huntington and Hurdle at the end. That 2019 collapse was absolutely dead. In the clubhouse, in terms of effort, at the very end, they were they were done. And it was one of those, they could not go back to that. They could not go back to Huntington and Hurdle, and it was recognized, and they were let go. And that's why coming in, Charrington, Shelton, that was the most important thing. We have to make it player-centered. And in a lot of ways, I think they have done a very good job about that. I did that long piece on player development showing how it's more individualized, how they want the player to be more involved. That's come up many times whenever I talk to prospects, especially prospects who are under both systems. And they say, no, this new one, they want more input from us. They want us to have one hand on the steering wheel. Culture, organizationally, so far has improved. And I'm not going to preface this that I'm going to preface this by saying that this isn't going to take away from that. But for the first time, that culture is going to be tested. And for no other reason, because I'm sure the detractors who always say the same thing about the Pirates, this time it's right. It's a money thing. It's a stupid money thing. We're going to look at Exhibit A, Brian Reynolds. If there's one guy on this team you do not want to mess with, it's Brian Reynolds. 
He is the best player on this team. He is one of the best 20 or so players in this league. He started in the All-Star game. He was a Gold Glove and Silver Slugger finalist. He does everything on the diamond, somewhere between above average and really good. He is a very well-rounded player that you have team control over for four more years. It's one thing that you don't approach him about a multi-year deal to maybe extend beyond that four. Reynolds would have all, all the negotiating power in the world in 2021 after, after that season. In the same way that, uh, according to Craig Mish, multiple offers are made in 2020 or after the 2020 season. Whenever he was just bad, he couldn't get it going in a 60-game season. So I, I can see why if you're the Pirates, you're like, no, this is just too much right now. We aren't in a rush to sign you long-term. If you come down to earth a little bit and you're more like a 4-5-4 player, we could absolutely use that. That's an all-star player. We'll work from it there. That's fine. But you don't have to go to arbitration with the guy for $650 thousand dollars that's it less than the price of what the league minimum salary is that's the difference between what the pirates filed at and what reynolds filed at that's a rounding error whenever we talk about major league baseball salaries that's nothing and they are going to go to arbitration for that and you could go back to someone like neil walker how much that hurt that relationship whenever he had to go in 2015. How much it hurt Tony Watson's relationship with the club in 2017 whenever they couldn't go through a deal. In both of those cases, they weren't pirates for much longer after that. And I know they were in different stages of their career, and I'm not suggesting that it's going to hurt Reynolds' standing with the organization or that he'll be traded later, but damn it, people are still calling about him. Even whenever... The Pirates have made it clear they aren't interested in trading him all. They aren't going to trade him now. But they aren't hanging up the phone whenever people do want to call, just in case someone says something stupid. At some point, maybe one of those offers does make more sense. I don't know how you could approach Brian Reynolds with a long-term offer after this. It's not player-centric. That's $650,000-centric. A stupid amount of... An insignificant amount of money. You are jeopardizing, you know, having good labor relations with the best player on your team for $650,000. I'm going to keep pounding that number in because that's what is important in here. It's so little money. And we don't have a definitive reason why. I, I speculated or I reported speculation in uh, Friday Insider. Dion had another point on top of that. Go read that if you want to get into like some of the nitty gritties aspects of it, because the truth probably, at least some of the truth probably lies in those points. Even though we don't know for sure, that's the speculation on my part there, but the truth probably lies somewhere in some of those points. They're all dumb points. They're not worth creating a divide between you and Brian Reynolds. And Brian said all the right things in, in Bradenton at Lee Kumpak. He said that, you know, it, it's just part of the game. I understand it. I wish it didn't have to come to this, but it is going to come to this. I'm not going to take it personally. I'm going to let my agents take you know control of this. He said all the right things that you could basically said. He handled it like an adult. 
And that's good. <laughs> this could have gone a lot you know, further sideways real fast. It didn't. It doesn't matter. It's $650,000. It's actually less than $650,000. I refuse to believe that Reynolds is one of those guys who just dug at his cleats like, no, $4.9 million or nothing. That's somewhere in there. So really probably, almost certainly less than $650,000 to get that deal. That's, that's just not good enough. The other player who is at Jeopardy here is O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz is, I do not mean this as a slight to the Pirates roster, because this would apply if O'Neill Cruz is on the Dodgers, if he was on the Yankees, if he was on the Rays, if he was on any team in baseball, including the Pirates, he is one of the best 28 players on your team. If you have any, if you dare to refute that at all, just turn off this podcast right now. Like we're probably deep enough in that we got the ad money anyway. It's okay, but it's that's the most ridiculous aspect of it all. Like he is unquestionably one of the best twenty-eight players on this team. I won't even say like oh he's you know one of the best five or whatever, but he is a potentially generational hitter who has come up through your farm system. He has every hitting tool that you could possibly want. And yeah, maybe one day he does need to play the outfield. Maybe he can't play shortstop. But do you have to do this right now? Do you have to try to teach him the outfield right now? And, and that have be the implied why he has to start the year in the minor leagues. So they can try to cheat. Yes, cheat. There is no other word to say. Cheat him out of a year of free agency. Service time manipulation, something that the union really tried to find a way to prevent from happening in this past CBA, it could end up happening. If Cruz finishes in the top two of Rookie of the Year, he gets a full year of service time regardless if he was on the team the whole year or not. Now, if he was on the Major League team to start the year and he does that, Pirates get bonus draft picks. And if we saw anything from that last draft, Bonus draft picks means more bonus money, means you could get creative. You could do different things in that draft. You can create all these different opportunities for yourself. It's a lot of different, exciting ways to help continue to replenish that farm system. But if he isn't up there and he gets the full year of service time, well, guess what? You tried to cheat him out of a year of service time and you Pay for the price. And you know what? It's probably going to be how the league goes until one day it backfires. And the player gets the full year of service time. And the team's going to be like, well, we could have used those extra picks and that extra bonus pool money. And and it's, you know, them rubbing their nose in the, in the soap carpet being like, you made this mess. You made this mess. That was bad. O'Neill Cruz is one of the best prospects in this game. It is absolutely ridiculous to entertain the notion that he can't be on the opening day roster. If you don't, how can you say it's player-centric? If he's not on that roster, how is that player-centric? How is that the best for the player that whenever he is absolutely destroying the baseball in spring training, 
you are not going to give him an opportunity that he damn well deserves. Who, who has Michael Chavis earned that shot? Has Kevin Newman? Cole Tucker's had a good spring. Cole Tucker's had a good spring. If Cole Tucker is the starting second baseman or even shortstop opening day, I'm not going to bat an eye. I think he's someone else who's earned that opportunity. O'Neill has more than anyone, though. And it would be absolutely ridiculous to keep him down in the minor leagues just to try to get another year of control in, what would that be, 2029? Are we really worried about 2029 and all this? No, you shouldn't be worried about 2029 because things are happening in 2022. What you are trying to build with the culture is happening now. And if you are going to screw over your top prospect, and then go to arbitration hearings and try to screw over your best player. Why should anyone believe that the culture has changed? Talk is cheap. Culture is expensive. It doesn't even have to be too expensive, but it costs money. It costs more than the minimum. Talk is the minimum. And that's not good enough. It's good enough in that first phase of the rebuild. Whenever you're trading guys and you're trying to acquire that young talent and you're revamping player development and you're coming up with new drills, new systems, new ways to try to improve and you want to get input from the players. And in that whole first phase, I give Ben and company an A for that. But this is start of phase two. Whenever those prospects start to come up from the minor leagues, whenever those who are up there start to reach arbitration and they're starting to get paid a little bit. What do you do during phase two? Because phase three in this perfect world is you start winning. And things do get easier in phase three, but we are in the puberty weird years in the middle. And <laughs> it's, it's awkward. It's definitely awkward. How do you want to handle it? Do you want to just completely jeopardize everything you've done because if I am any other player in there and I see how they are treating the best player and the best prospect, why would I think, oh, well, they're going to treat me the right way? The, the player-centric thing is going to apply here still. Shelton and the staff can only go so far with that. At some point, it's going to cost a check. It's got to take a check. They're teetering at this moment. They could easily, you know, fix this. Parts are filing trial traditionally. They could go to Brian and be like, look, can we just avoid this? What, what's, we'll give you $500,000 more. Come to 4.75. Let's just avoid this whole unpleasantness. We're not even talking multi-year or anything. Just get the one year done. And O'Neill Cruz, you have earned this opportunity. Now, if you're not good enough, if you're not good enough, we will option you. And in that case, we will earn that extra year of service time because you didn't earn the full year in the majors. That's a completely different situation. That's what the Padres did with Tatis and Paddock. And I'm not saying that the you know Pirates could afford to give O'Neill Cruz the $340 million contract, but damn it if the Rays can sign Wander Franco for $180 million, you know, why can't the Pirates? Why are we so focused about 2029 team control whenever you can still sign the guy? It's not, you know, against the rules. You can keep a free agent. No, he has to learn how to play the outfield. Right now, away from Tark Brock, their best outfield coach on, on the major league staff and someone that O'Neill spoke fondly of 
on Friday saying that he's making him feel good, you know, feel confident out there. Something that Cole Tucker has said. Tark has really helped him feel comfortable whenever he had to make that jump out there in that short amount of time. It's time. You want a player-centric culture? That means it can't always be team-centric. It can't always be money-centric. This team does not have any financial constraints at the moment. We're not even... If, if, and if we're worried about what the team finances are in 2029, then there are bigger problems at hand at the moment. We're going to take a break. We'll be back here in a bit. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I am Alex Stumpf. That first segment went a little long. I got in a groove there. I don't map this out. I just I just talk. I turn this on and talk. And a lot of that stuff's been bouncing around in my head for a while. Something else that's been bouncing around in my head, and I brought it up briefly with the with the Wander Franco talk. Hey, whatever we talk extensions. In general, we have to bring this up as a whole. The highest paid player in Pirates history, the largest contract, is Jason Kendall. Back before PNC Park was built, at six years, $60 million. The most money they have ever given a free agent is Francisco Liriano, three thirty-nine. The most they've ever given a free agent who wasn't re-signing with the franchise was Russell Martin at 217. $17 million is the most money they have ever given a free agent who wasn't re-signing with the club. $17 million is the most to steal a player from another team. And yeah, that Russell Martin signing turned out pretty good. Can't dare spend that type of money ever again. I, I say this on the heels of a couple interesting reports recently. One coming from the Rays, who made a damn good offer to Freddie Freeman for $150 million over six years. Freeman said no, but whenever you look at the money, and I hate being that guy who goes at state taxes, but whenever you take that into consideration and the deferrals into consideration, the Rays offer was mighty close to the Dodgers. And I'm not going to pretend that playing in the trop for a franchise that might not even be in Tampa Bay, you know, for much longer, is the same as playing for the Dodgers, where Freddie Freeman is going to be a perennial MVP and World Series candidate. You know, the, the, the Dodgers are, you know, World Series favorites for this year for a reason. And then they added Freddie Freeman because why not? There's an absolute spoil riches there. But the Rays went for it. 
Wander Franco is signed for 180 something million dollars. He could go over 200 million if options are picked up. And yeah, there is a cynic in me saying, well, the Rays aren't going to pay all of that the same way that they didn't pay all of Evan Longoria. But that's still a lot of money to potentially commit to a guy that I, I think Wander Franco is going to emerge as one of the 10 best players in this league this year. But it's a lot. If, if he does it, they're on the hook for a lot of money. If they can't move him. Even the Athletics offered Matt Chapman a $150 million deal. The Marlins were after Cassianos. At, the, at some point, you've got to look at this if you're the Pirates and be like, all these other teams that have grievances from the Players Association because they don't spend enough money are offering or signing these guys Nine-figure huge contracts. And the Pirates' largest contract that they ever give gave was whenever Clinton was still in office. When is that going to change? Ben Sherrington has said that he has assurances that the payroll will increase. This is almost the time this past offseason or this coming one to go after a Freddie Freeman whenever you have so many players who are arbitration controlled and they could have gone to Freddie and given a, a, a Tampa Bay Rays offer and been like, Freddie, you are going, we are asking you to do what you did in Atlanta, where we are all in on young players. You're definitely going to have a spot here. You are going to be the team leader. If they end up being good, you are going to be immortalized in the city. If there's one thing this city does, it's immortalized. They're sports stars, the people who help them win championships. I, we, we all know it. Santillon Holmes is a legend here in Pittsburgh, not because he was this, had this long prolific career, but because the man showed up whatever the Steelers needed him, and he won him a Super Bowl. Phil Kessel is a two-time Stanley Cup champion. That is more than just a meme in Pittsburgh. I'm not saying that's good enough for Freddie, but it's got to be good enough for some one of these big free agents to come through. And whenever this team is so pre-arb focused and they don't, it's cost controlled for so long. Then yeah, why can't you? Why can't you? Why can't you boot up this payroll that's going to be about $60 million whenever this year is all said and done and they bring up all the kids and you pay the guys who are DFA'd and blah, 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 blah. And make it $85 million, which is still significantly less than what it was from 2013 to 2017. Have someone there who can help these kids get along, learn their way in the majors. You can't do it all with the farm system. You cannot do it all through the farm system. At some point, you have to bring in outside veteran help, either through trade or through signings. That 2013-2015 Pirates team doesn't happen without A.J. Burnett. It doesn't happen without Russell Martin. It doesn't happen without Francisco Liriano. I'm not saying that you have to go all in on 2022. I have no <laughs> delusions that the 2022 Pittsburgh Pirates are going to be going to the playoffs this year, let alone competing for a World Series. But next year, so many of those prospects are coming up that they could show a little teeth. Again, not saying playoffs or anything, 
but the type of year that you go out back and you're like, oh man, you don't want to, you don't want to face the Pirates right now. Kind of like how we're viewing the Tigers at the moment. What did the Tigers do? They got Javi Baez. They got Rodriguez. They they got this good young group that they supplemented with veterans. And Pirates can do it with one. They can do it with one. One big free agent signing for 2023 or 2024. Because if they don't, I, I don't know what happens if you have to go completely with these young kids. If one of them gets lost or, or doesn't live up to their potential, what do you do? This is not the year for the Pirates. But in the same way that I just said, I'm going to hammer that point again. Culture takes money. That's one way to build a player-centric culture also. Whenever you bring in a guy, the same way that the Padres brought in Machado, and the same way that the Rays wanted to get Freeman, the same way that the Rays brought in Charlie Morton a couple years before that. There is precedent here. If the Pirates can't spend at the same level as the Athletics and the Rays, then this is done. What are we doing here? They can. Ben Sherrington is confident that he'll get the green light whenever the time comes. It can't just be reactionary. They have to get ahead of it also. They can't just be catching up and spending money there. Then. They need to be able to have something in place whenever those prospects come up because that window is not super long. Look what happened to the Cubs. You can't waste a year or two of it just because, well, you know, we wanted to make sure we were really good first before we actually started spending money. As if it's a bad thing, as if you could come up with a bad reason why Freddie Freeman on your team is a bad thing. We got a little show left. We'll be back here in a moment. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later here on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Alex Stumpfear. One quick final thought here. <laughs> so much negativity in this one. I'm going to give something positive here. Guy I really like here in this camp, Diego Castillo. I don't know if he's a second baseman in the future. I don't know if he's a third baseman in the future. Guy hits line drives. He makes good contact. There's a little bit of positional flexibility there. That's been already pre-established in the minor leagues. I think I think he could be kind of a sleeper on this team. Maybe this year. I wouldn't be shocked if he has an OPS somewhere above 750, maybe even flirting close to 800. He's a I like a lot of the hit tools there. And you know what? I'll, I'll even go super bold here. He finishes in the top two of the team at innings played at second base. I don't know if he leads the team in innings at second base. It's too crazy. I'll go top two. I'll go top two. That's all. I'm, I'm, I am the most boring 
forecaster. I'm sorry. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, or if you didn't like and would just rather listen to a better podcast, be sure to subscribe here to the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network, wherever you find fine podcasts. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again next week.